Welcome to another episode of Rosen Balls. Um, obviously, it's kind of a slow off season, as we can imagine, but it's not that slow because there's always news. And one of the pieces that just came out uh, that that's having some Celtics fans like myself in a bit of a frenzy is, is the Robert Williams uh, injury needing surgery, and he's gonna be out four to six weeks. And you know these things can linger. So here's the frustrations as a Celtic fan. Now, look, you could argue. This is, um, you know, who are we to argue? We just won the East. We have a young team. Yeah, look, we're excited about that. The first thing I would say is being honest with ourselves. I don't think the Celtics, and I think the books agree with this, are favorites to win the East. Okay? I think you're going to have a Bucks team. Let's just be honest. They weren't healthy in the playoffs. They didn't have Chris Middleton, who kills the Celtics. And, and people continually underrate Middleton. I actually think Middleton, if you're if you're doing expansion draft or whatever across the league, uh, gets drafted in the top 20, top 25. I'd rather have Chris Middleton than Bradley Beal. I'd rather Chris Middleton than Devin Booker. Come after me, bros. I don't care. He's a two-way talent. When Giannis is out of lineups, he does he is able to control units. So don't like don't think he's just this off the ball guy. He has the ability to have decent usage. His usage has gone up. Uh, and he's effective with that. Um, and again, you're not getting the you know six nine, six eight, lengthy wings who play both sides of the ball. Don't grow on trees, right? I mean, there's like Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and that's about it. Jimmy Butler, right? There's a handful. Obviously, Tatum and Brown in that group as well. So the Celtics beat a non uh, Bucks team without Middleton. Okay, great. Middleton's gonna be healthy if he's healthy in the playoffs. That's a, that's a tougher series. Do we win that series? I don't know. Okay, that's the first thing. So. I appreciate Boston's offseason going after a guy like Malcolm Brogdon. Let's continually improve the roster. Let's not sit on the laurels and think we're just going to improve organically. Um, and may, look, maybe Brad Stevens learned the error from last offseason. I'll explain. So last offseason, when you look before the season started, you know, he got good deals on players. So like Dennis Schroeder, I know looks now like a bad player. At the time, right, this is a guy that, you know, rejected that massive Laker, Lakers extension, right? And, um, you know, was still was still a talent, you know, obviously picked him up, was able to, you know, make some uh, changes in the midseason that really changed the season around along with some just internal uh, mix that, that, that did well. Right now, Boston has just such a, a weird seesaw going on with their lineup where they have an overemphasis in one area, they're, they're, they're lacking in another, and then they're going to have to be overlined with some things. And it's going to loom me to the Rob Williams thing. Because, so first off, you have four guys under, let's call it 6'4 and under, right, who are really best suited to either be a, a point guard or a combo guard. And what, and what a combo guard is to me, right, people are like, oh, someone could play point guard and shooting guard. Technically, yes. But in my opinion, there are point guards who can play some shooting guard. But when you start over-relying on them to play shooting guard, you're kind of missing elements of what they can bring as point guards because either their size is impactful, um, their, their, their defense is not as uh, weak at that level because they're, they're defending other guys, their height, etc. So, like, Brogdon's a good example, right? Brogdon, in my opinion, is a point guard who could play some shooting guard. But you shouldn't just play him predominantly at shooting guard because – that defense that makes him special as a point guard isn't so special as a two when he's after guarding guys 6'5 and up, right? And you want him as a point guard a little bit because he's got some pick-and-roll game in him, 
okay? Marcus Smart's the same, right? Marcus Smart clearly played better last year as a point guard, right? Um, now, again, he can play some two. He could probably play more two than most of the guys because of his ability to defend bigger players. But if we're playing him at two, now he's now he's going to be used more as an off-the-ball wing to, to space, not as great in that role. Um, and, again, you'd rather have him a point guard. And the same thing for Pritchard and the same thing for Derek White, okay? Now, White, to me, is more you know, of the true combo guard in the sense that he really plays off the ball a lot, you know, good cutter, smart guy. He's, he's a good combo guard to have, but you don't want to have four of them. And you have four of them and you have no legit backup wing. Who's a true two slash three. So a guy who's over six, four, six, four to six, nine ish range or whatever, um, that could really spell Brown and Tatum for extended minutes, right? Either if one goes down, um, or they get in foul trouble, or particularly in a playoff rotation, right? The Celtics' true wing behind them is a mix of, like, Justin Jackson and Grant Williams. Justin Jackson, barely playable in the playoffs, probably not even. The regular season, you don't want to rely on him either. He's a fine insurance rotational talent, but beyond that, it gets scary real fast, okay? So those are those, those, are those two. Now, Grant Williams, I'm going to get to Grant Williams. Because Grant Williams, to me, um, came a big last year, great glue guy, kind of positionless to an extent, right? I, I think he's more of like a true combo forward. Now, again, his specialty on defense, I think, is more on thicker players, so you, you kind of want him at the four, right? Now, can he play some wing? Sure. Can he mix in lines with Tatum and Brown? Absolutely. Can he play with Brown as a three? Yeah, it depends on who your four is, right? Um, so he could play there if there's if there's like more athletic uh, wings or fours. But if you're gonna if, if you're gonna you know what, what becomes difficult is a lineup of you know regardless of, of whatever the Rob Williams is a lineup of two bigs, which is basically Hor- Horford Rob Williams and Grant Williams. Now defensively that looks strong, but they're not as athletic and they're not as quick. So you're limiting your offensive options a little bit um, in such a line. Fine. We, we agree on this. So now it comes down to uh, Robert Time Lord Williams. Well, here's the thing. We knew the whole time that he was injury prone. This isn't like new. Okay. Now forget the whole controversy of, of why did he get the surgery now, um, you know, and all that. People are like, oh, we want to see him for the playoffs. I get it. The guy, you can't pencil the guy in for 82 games and 30 minutes a night, okay? He never did that in the playoffs. He's never done that in any span of over 30 games. You have to pencil him in, quite frankly, for, and this is probably even conservative, 60 games, 26 minutes. And you hope for more. Everything else is cherry on the cake, right? So if he's doing that, now you're over-relying on a couple areas. So first of all, you're going to be over-relying on Horford, who's aging, to get 33-plus minutes a night. That's not fair. Back-to-backs, you expect Horford to play 30-plus minutes? Guys at the end of his career, right? I mean, like, again, you, you, you want to pencil Horford in. Horford can play more games, maybe 70 games, but 25 minutes a night. So we're missing 23 minutes for Horford and then um, 22 minutes for, for Grant Williams and then plus 48 for another 20 games. So let's call it, you know, just not to do the quick back, but averaging out to about 30 minutes as a backup five. Or just as another big. And then there's a good, as we talked about for um, Horford, right? 
let's call another 20 minutes. So there's about 50 minutes, okay, that need a, that that you need to bake in for a bake. So Grant Williams, great. Doesn't get injured so much. Let's be, you know, super uh, open about it and be like, okay, Grant Williams is going to be healthy the whole year. Let's even throw in 30 minutes for Grant Williams. Great. Well, now guess what? I have a gaping hole of 20 minutes, right? He just satisfies the 30 of the 50. And what am I doing at the backup wing, right? Tatum, let's see, Tatum's 35, so I got 13. Jalen Brown's 35, 13. So I got 26 minutes there. So now I need 26 minutes of one of my small guys playing wing, which is going to be, you know, Brogdon or whatever, right? So let's say Brogdon's doing that. So now now I'm already undersized there for for a, a, a nice chunk of the game. And then my point guard, which is Marcus Smart, or what have you, is 30. So I have 18 there. So fine, that's going to Derek White. So it kind of fits when the lineup is, is full. You're, you're still missing, I would say, a 20-minute chunk where maybe you just go extra small and you get Pritchard in there. Um, but you're so tiny. And, and you could do that. Look, you can do a, a, a two or even three combo guard lineup. I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise it. And a guy like Rant Williams or even Tatum, super small lineup, it's possible if you have a Robert Williams at center. So maybe they were relying on that. They go, hey, like, we could do, you know, kind of the Knicks of the late 90s when they ran Camby and a bunch of wings. We can do Robert Williams and basically four wings. Fine. Right now, that you can't because you created this bad domino because you didn't satisfy um, either true backup wings, right? We mentioned, like, Justin Jackson, the other guy, which is super scary. Or backup centers. And Gallinari's not a wing. Like, like, I'm sorry. He's at the age. Like, it's not there, right? So, the Celtics are, are missing, in my opinion, two major holes in their rotation. And, and right now, the biggest one is, is gaping and bleeding, um, as noted. And that's backup center. So, what are they going to do at center? So, look. On a positive side, there's a lot of guys off uh, the waiver wire that they should probably invite to camp and train out, right? Like, Luke Garza. Luca Garza, I loved him in college, didn't have a great year in Detroit, uh, had to get the cobwebs out of my opinion, but he fits Steven's system, right? He could shoot, he's a high post big, and he could defend opposing bigs. I don't know what more you want from a center. He was capable of playing big minutes in college. I don't say that because, oh, he could play big minutes in the NBA. I say that because he's like literally capable, like Robert Williams was not capable of playing big minutes. Luca Garza, kind of like a, uh, you know, a, a, a pitcher that eats innings. That's what Garza could be. He could just be a guy you throw in there for like 25 minutes, eats a bunch of innings. You know he'll be fine. He, he could figure it out, and he's young. He's worth developing, so that's one guy. Dwight Howard makes me nervous, okay? Just fitting in the system, the chemistry, I don't want to mess with it, right? LaMarcus Aldridge is interesting to me. It's been brought up. I don't know what he's capable of at his age. I, I, just, I just don't, okay? So long story short, Right. Um, the other options are uh, are a bit scary to say the least. Right? Are they the scariest thing I've ever seen? No, but they're scary. So the Celtics have to figure this out. And look, they got four comma guards. To me, I think what's going to happen is Stevens is probably going to uh, try out a Garza or something like that. Take a low risk big. That's not going to be a chemistry problem. Maybe you strike lightning go bottle early in the season, and then I think Pritchard's gone. At the deadline. Book it. I think he's gone. Anyway, that's my quick prediction on the Celtics. Let's hope they turn it around, but they got to address the Robert Williams situation. Garza's the guy. Let's see what happens. 
Okay, so we discussed Time Lord being out, and now, you know, look, it's always fun to do these trade ideas. Obviously, we discussed Garza as a good option, and I agree with that. I think I think you 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 uh, you take a shot at Garza. You still have Luke Cornett, Cornett the Hornet, Sam Hauser, fine. So you got spacing and shooters, um, and you basically hope one of those guys fills into the rotation. As an intern, maybe catch a lightning in a bottle. One of those decent. Okay, fine. Right. Now let's imagine, though, you you still need to upgrade the roster, and, and get a bigger wing. Okay. Now you could do this in one of two ways. You could do a small tweak, adding Pritchard to the guy. Now if you move Pritchard, right now his value isn't like super great, right? There's probably three ways, but like the targets you look for, you know, look at Phoenix, right? Jay Crowder already mentioned he wants out. Bogdan Bogdanovich mentioned he wants out. I like Crowder. He knows the system. He's, he knows Stevens. Um, familiar with the players on the roster. Knows his role, so I think he could fit. What I like about Crowder is... He really could play, you know, 3-4 well and cover twos in instance well. Bogey to me, while he's a great shooter, I worry about him more on the defensive end. He's a strong defender, but um, not as familiar with the rest of the team. I actually prefer Crowder to Bogdanovich, and Crowder's to be a little cheaper. So look, I'm not going to discuss the exact three-way, but I would imagine if you moved a guy like Pritchard, and, and by the way, Phoenix is even you know, the backup point guard right now, is Cameron Payne, so um, I think Pritchard's better than that. Pritchard's the guy that could probably yeah, Crowder maybe a little bit better. Maybe Crowder in like a, a Bismarck Biambo if you need filler minutes at the five. Not ideal. Or Frank Kaminsky type. Alright, so that's a tweak. Or you go for the home run play. Okay? And that involves moving Marcus Smart. Now, let's just be a little real about smart. Just be a real about it for a second. Chemistry rise is very pivotal to the team. But tends to have some spats here and there. And it could be where you fit, right? You only make a smart move if there's another um, big talent that becomes available. And you can get kind of 75 cents on the dollar. Right? And to me... You look at guys like a Zach Levine in Chicago. Chicago, I assume, is going to kind of have a, a downward season. You know, they have too much offense there between Vooch, DeRozan, uh, Levine. You got to develop Patrick Williams in some form, Lonzo Ball. I'm not saying it's a perfect swap. There's tweaks that need to be done, but that's one route I'll look for. Okay, another route is Sacramento. Sacramento now, they moved all these defensive guys and everything like that. They're going to need that on that roster. Marcus Smart, I could see fitting quite well, right? Now, he might be more for like a, a Darren Fox in a deal type. Um, so now you're getting some offense out of the one. Again, we're talking about small guards. Doesn't really fit, but he's 6'4". Or a Harrison Barnes type. And something. And something is the key. So you got some defense there. I think they need to start thinking about that. But that has to have stage one. They could move Pritchard uh, in the stage to get to exactly where they want. 